Digital has given every voice a platform. Will yours be heard? If there is one skill that everyone needs today, it's not just the ability to communicate, it's the ability to connect. My mission is to give you the communication skills you'll need to inform and inspire, sometimes using digital tools, but always with human outcomes. My guest today is Katrina Kurt. We'll talk all things marketing and social media branding. I noticed that over time, people don't really care if you if you're you know not perfect and you're just being yourself. They they actually like that, um, and that's how it should be. And stick around for after our conversation as I talk about the importance of video and provide a review for the book Vlog Like a Boss. Let's begin. Each week, I have the opportunity to speak with individuals who have mastered the art of effective communication, whether it be in the digital space or in person. And you know, this week is no exception. Today, we're connecting with Katrina Kurt. Katrina is passionate about all things marketing and MarTech. She is a content creator and a charismatic public speaker. She is also a number one LinkedIn fan and one of the top LinkedIn video influencers. She works as a partner marketing specialist at a Danish software company called Time Extender, and after hours is a personal branding and social media strategy consultant for companies and individuals. And this has brought her to the show. Katrina, welcome. I'm glad to be on the show and thank you for a nice introduction. Oh, it's it's our pleasure. And my first question is this, um, you're all the way from Denmark, but maybe you can tell us exactly where you are in Denmark. <laughs> That's a great question. So I'm not living in Copenhagen. Um, I'm living in the second biggest city, which is called Aarhus, and is on the mainland, uh, main part of Denmark. Whereas, as, as some people know, that Copenhagen is actually located in an island. So, um, yeah, the city is called Aarhus, and it's the second biggest city in Denmark. Ah, okay. Thanks for letting us know. So let's start with your marketing background. Tell us why exactly you got into marketing. That's a great question. Um, I have always been a creative and curious person since I was little. And I was really interested in how, later in life, I was really interested in how businesses use creativity to grow their business and sell their products. And my particular love for creativity was in advertising and how companies crafted their advertising messages and ideas. But then I also found out about personal branding and social media marketing and many other areas within marketing, which then really helped me to decide that this is it, you know, marketing is what I'm passionate about and that's where I want to go into uh, I want to explore marketing and, and see where, where it takes me. So that was the moment, you know, when I was in the university and, and I was studying marketing and really getting to know what it is and how it helps businesses. Then I really was inspired and that's how I got into it. You know, I've met many people in marketing and most marketers not only are creative when it comes to their job, but 
they had other creative components in their lives. And, and you're no different. Uh, you, before entering college, spent nearly 10 years at a private school for music. Tell us what you studied. Yeah, uh, yeah, all those good times of my when I was going to the music school. Um, I was singing in a choir. I also had music history lessons, piano lessons, solfege lessons, and finally conducting lessons. And conducting was like a combination of all the mentioned, all the things that I mentioned before, and was my favorite subject. I really think that me going to music school was also, you know, helped my creativity to expand as well. Um, yeah, those good times. <laughs> You know, that's interesting that you had an affinity for conducting. You know, the conductor has such an interesting role because she has a line of sight that no one else does. You know, she can see and hear what the entire band or orchestra is playing, whereas, you know, an individual can only hear and focus on what they're doing. Do you think that has influenced you when it comes to being a strategist or a marketer? In some ways, yeah, I, I would say that there there is that connection between music and marketing. Um, in both areas, there is a lot of creativity involved, right? And there is a lot of trial and error. I think when you're learning how to sing, you're trying to find a special tone, for instance, which is needed for a song to sound good. And at the same time in marketing, you're testing out different types of ads, you know, different types of campaigns, different types of content until it works and you get the attention you were looking for from your audience or from your customers or businesses. So that's one, that is one way how I see that marketing and music is actually connecting in some ways and and music can also be used as a marketing tool you know we we use music in advertising and in, in marketing campaigns uh, once again so there is a lot of connection between these two things well no wonder why you're so good at it and so knowledgeable i think that's an excellent combination uh, you're gonna have to write an article for us and show us uh, how the two are the same <laughs> i will think about it now that you said about it definitely a great idea <laughs> Perfect. We're going to have to hold you to that. So, so question for you, you know, marketing has changed quite a bit, particularly over the last five years. Uh, what changes have you seen? Yes, that's a, that's a great question. Um, there, there are a lot of things that happened throughout the last five years. Um, influencer marketing is booming, you know, online presence has become the key. Um, social media is really a game changer for some businesses, for all businesses uh, these days. Um, I would also say that credibility is more important now than ever before. So you really need to be authentic and unique. You need to show the best sides of your businesses or of your product and differentiate from others. Because there's so many things also out there within the market that, there's an ab abundance of things and services. Um, the cost and significance of marketing has increased dramatically. There, there has been so many things uh, when I think about it. It's really a lot. And also the way we generate leads and the way we use marketing today is 
completely different than you know before um and like i mentioned i think it's much more today about social media since it is really a game changer yeah i i really agree with that you know you made a great video a few months back where you talked about the difference between regular advertisements and influencer ads and again i think that speaks to the changes that that we've seen um could you give the audience an overview of that video i thought it was fantastic yes so basically in that video i talked about regular ads versus influencer ads and i talked about the way companies used to and some still do advertise their products uh, my example was actually about the uh, tomato company they're making tomato cans and uh, uh, you know they advertise their product very uh, you like a normal company would just taking pictures of their product and that is what we call a regular advertisement you know just a picture of the product or a service and today that is not what people usually would be interested in seeing that's that wouldn't be a picture or an advertisement that would really get your customers buying your product instead you would use an influencer who would then use your product and you know put it somewhere in their picture and advertise it in a more um let's say authentic and and unique way rather than just showing the product itself so uh, influencers also using a lot of creativity and you know the way they they just create a whole picture is completely different so uh, that is one of the main differences that the advertisement really shifted from just being regular ads um, towards more you know ads ads and promotion generated by people and by individuals and by influencers do you think millennials have a lot to do with that? Because that shift is fairly recent. And some of the research that I've done suggests that millennials have a lot to do with the way we advertise today. Uh, definitely. I, I agree with that because um, I think millennials like to see things um, in a nice and pretty manner, let's say. They, they like to see other people like them wearing that jacket and then they want it to or buying a specific product and then they want to buy the specific product as well so i i think millennials are really looking up to other influencers and that is why if they would see a regular advertisement it wouldn't really work that way for them yeah i i definitely agree with you i think for millennials they need to see someone who looks like them sounds like them acts like them um, then they then they can relate, um, and also if they can engage with them, I think that's really important for millennials. So that's that's very interesting. So, do you have a favorite influencer, and if so, why? Do you mean when you ask about if my favorite influencer, do you mm -hmm. talk about LinkedIn or just in general? Um... Well, let's start with LinkedIn, right? Um, you know, that's how you and I got connected, and. We have common connections and interact with a number of individuals. Um, who on LinkedIn do you feel does a great job at being an effective influencer and, and why? I, I would say, um, well, first of all, I consume so much content 
every day that it it, be, it became really hard to you know have one favorite influencer because when you're exposed to so much content each day and it's it is all different every day and every day you see different people it's i think in my opinion it actually become a bit more hard to uh pick one person and um of course um i am a marketer so i do follow um Dr. Natalia Verkhovsky and uh, Michaela Alexis. I also follow Finn Thermomeyer and a few other content creators from the United States. Um, but it, it's really difficult to, you know, just pick one. Because I think what is beautiful about uh, content these days is that it's it's changing so much it, one day a person can be talking about personal branding the next day a person is sharing a, a vulnerable story right so so it's really difficult to to pick one because people of course they have their main topics that they focus on the main area but the content can really change and from one day to another a person can actually become inactive so you never know right <laughs> Yes, you make a very good point. And I guess that's a good thing, right? Because you always have an opportunity to learn something new from a new person. But what about outside of LinkedIn? Um, say YouTube, uh, Instagram. Um, is there any one or uh, several individuals who, who have caught your attention? Mm. Well, of course, I, I enjoy seeing uh, Gary Vee. Uh, content on Instagram. I do have to admit that I am a, a PewDiePie follower on YouTube. I don't know how many people know about him, but uh, he creates uh, various type of content um, about mm. gaming world and and not only, also about the news and different things. But um, yeah, I don't really have anyone else that I, I would come to my mind at the moment. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's pretty interesting, and I'll have to look that person up. Um, let's, let's focus on you for uh, a moment. You, um, have a significant following on LinkedIn. You are highly engaged with your connections. Can you tell us how you've achieved that? And what are some of the best practices that you implement? Yeah. Um, thank you for your question. So I, I, when I started, you know, uh, being more active on LinkedIn for me, it was, very important to build this community and just engage with everyone who is engaging with my content um, and I think that was the best thing I've ever decided uh, another thing was that I was not accepting random connections I was a bit more um, picky about it so I knew that um, in the beginning I didn't have a lot of connections but I knew that the connections that I wanted to have in the future and the audience that I wanted to have in the future should be marketers entrepreneurs um, leaders um, people who would be within the the you know areas that I have some kind of interest in and within the areas that my content would be you know interested for them as well I didn't want to have, let's say, a lot of uh, engineers because um, I would know that my content would not really, um, you know, be interesting to them. So from the first day when I started posting, I really was looking into whom I am connecting with, who is following me, what type of audience do I have. 
and then just you know creating content uh, creating valuable content that's what is really important being consistent and finally just engaging with my audience i think that these three things content consistency and engagement really uh, helped me to get to the point where i am today well i think you do a wonderful job at that i i especially like your videos on linkedin and instagram as well and you know when thinking about videos um to me videos really provide social media contributors the most traction and the biggest platform for their content when you started using video was that something that you had to practice did it take time uh to do um what's been your experience with that that is definitely something i had to practice over time to be better at it was really scary in the beginning because um you know no one is really used to making videos so i remember myself just trying to film my video for eight ten times and um i was really you know scared to actually publish the videos and and see what people think but then all the reactions that i've gotten right from the beginning were quite positive and so that really helped me to you know be more confident about the videos that i create and just relax and be myself i noticed that over time people don't really care if you if you're you know not perfect and you're just being yourself they they actually like that um and that's how it should be so uh right now i'm really enjoying uh making videos and and I, i think i got to the point where it's not an obstacle anymore or there are no obstacles really or um some kind of challenges when it comes to making videos of course i'm still um always thinking about my english because i'm not a native english speaker and that was one of the reasons why i was also afraid in the beginning posting content in english and making videos in english but i think that it's also a part of me and um it's what makes me unique so then i just decided well you know if, if since it is a part of me everybody just have to understand that so i don't know what you think about it but um yeah that was actually one of the very big challenges that i had in the beginning that i was not a native english speaker and i really had to trust myself um with this and just kind of yeah push the limits and push the buttons <laughs> well i i for one think that you do a great job and um i hope it's a source of encouragement for others who may not be native english speakers to to do the same um you know you you help uh organizations and individuals with their um branding and their social media presence we're at the beginning of a new year and people want to make changes and maybe they want to accomplish new things they've set new goals um if you were to say teach a linkedin 101 class what are some of the best practices that you would teach in order to help individuals enhance their their linkedin presence or their online presence i would again talk about you know of course i had this a lot of these one on one um linkedin consulting classes and the same things that i just mentioned are actually the things that i always remind to people it's you know having valuable content content that would provide some kind of value to your connections to your followers um 
being consistent with it. You don't have to, you know, be, uh, you don't have to post every day. Um, you can post twice a week, but that's still being consistent rather than posting and then disappearing for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And finally, remember to engage, be there at least for the first two hours after posting, be there for your audience, be there for your followers and really pay attention to their comments um, and just reply to everything that they they write. So these would be the same tips that I just talked about, but that's still what I'm telling to, to my clients as well. That's excellent advice and really requires some planning because not only are you posting, but you're sticking around to engage with individuals who engage with your posts. So I really appreciate that. And I've certainly seen that cause a lot of good conversation within posts, even with my own. So so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, and, and of course, and uh, I just wanted to mention that some people, I noticed that some people on LinkedIn, they post things, they post their content and they disappear. They ghost their audience and they never reply. And uh, I think the people who feel like the author is not being there and not answering will stop engaging at some point. So just a small tip again. Mm, wow. Ghosting your audience, definitely a big no-no. So so uh, another valuable tip. Thank you so much, Katrina. You know, I'd like to shift gears for just a moment. Um, you know, you've provided some great insights into marketing. Uh, we've even talked about how music and marketing have some similarities, and uh, you've given us some some great best practices when it comes to enhancing our own social media influence and presence. So thank you very much. Um, I'd like to enter into a part of the show that uh, I call "What If," and uh, it's it's a hypothetical scenario, right? We we ask hypothetical questions. They range from the humorous to the bizarre to mission critical. So you have to be ready for anything. But I think you'll be okay. Let's go. Okay, so you get a phone call, and it's Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon. And Jeff tells you that Amazon really wants to go head-to-head against iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. They really want to compete and get a piece of the music pie, particularly. And in order to do that, he needs you to lead the digital media efforts when it comes to music for Amazon. And no idea is too crazy. And so you say yes, and you go to Amazon, and it's your first day. What are some of those crazy ideas that you would bring? Oh, that's a, that's a difficult question because <laughs> there's... Um, hmm. I would really need to think right now. I, of course, I might get some real musicians uh, brought into the office and then discuss with them what kind of creative ideas we can all find for Amazon Music because that could be fun, right? Uh, Bringing some marketeers, but also some musicians um, and just really trying to think about what could be the next big thing within this area? Um, I think that would be one of the things I would like to do. So mm. really not just using 
the marketeers, but also the people who produce content for that area or actually for Amazon Music. Interesting. Let's try to take this a step further because I'm thinking about what you told us in regards to best practices earlier in engagement. You know, today, if I go to iTunes or Spotify, it's all very one way, which is fine, right? I, I listen to the music. Would there be a way where there was engagement between the listener and the artist? I think the very first thing that I just thought about was to introduce Spotify Live, <laughs> where, <laughs> where musicians and bands and artists, they could uh, just um, have a live discussion with their fans, but not necessarily on Instagram, but actually directly on Spotify. That could be fun. <laughs> I love it. Spotify Live. So Spotify or Amazon, if you're listening, uh, give Katrina and me <laughs> a call. Let's see if we can we can work something out. Yeah, that was the very first idea that kind of jumped into my mind. So so let's talk about the future now. Um, you know, I'm sure that that kind of conversation is happening at every level, not only in the the music industry but in a variety of industries. So I just, I'm curious as to to know what the future is going to be like for digital marketing, say five years from now. What what trends can we expect? Yeah, I think that there will be more social media, more and more social media platforms where people can be closer to their to each other and to you know the people that they follow. Um, like even LinkedIn is in some way transforming from just being a platform for having your CV into a platform where people engage and now we have LinkedIn content creators and all that kind of all those kind of things so I can see how some of the platforms are slowly turning into uh, again content creation platforms rather than just a platform for, for one thing um, and again like I mentioned there will be more and more of those uh, various apps and platforms for people to express themselves interact with each other like one of the recent examples could be an app called TikTok it's a very funny app uh, it, but it allows people to film each other or film themselves and then connect, combine their videos and in that way interact with each other again uh, with videos. So I think more and more of these type of platforms will emerge in the future because I think people are more focused on their phones even that that sounds really sad but but <laughs> but um i think of course i would love people to spend more time in the nature and all that but um i think people more and more interact with through their phones so there will be new technologies emerging um you know within maybe new apps or new social media platforms that's interesting. 
So what about you, Katrina? Where would you like to see yourself five years from now? In five years, I will have my own business where I will either be consulting people or consulting and helping companies. And at this point, I'm not really sure what kind of services I will be providing because, as we all know, marketing can be completely different within after the next five years. Um, so I always say that I will be having my own business where I will be uh, helping other people or businesses um, with some new marketing things, some new marketing technology that maybe we don't even know about just yet. <laughs> that's, that's very exciting. So Katrina, this has been a, a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on the show. If people want to get in contact with you, how can they find you? They can go to LinkedIn, um, look for me, just Katrina Kord. Um, the same with Instagram and Facebook. So these are three platforms that I'm mostly active on. I also have my YouTube channel. There's not so many videos, but some are uploaded over there as well. So just by looking up Katrina Kord uh, on Twitter too. So <laughs> mm -hmm. these are the platforms. You know, I can vouch for the YouTube content. There may not be a lot of videos on Katrina's channel, but the videos that are there are quality. In fact, one of those videos made it into our interview today. So I encourage you to, to check out her content. Well, Katrina, again, it was great to have you on the show, my friend. It was great hearing from you. And we certainly wish you all the best and hope that you come back and visit us again. Thank you very much for having me and for inviting me to participate and uh, have this great discussion with you and share my insights. And I hope that people who are listening will find this interview, this show, this episode valuable. I do too. Thanks so much, Katrina. Take care. Hey, thanks for sticking with me. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with Katrina Kurt. In conjunction with that conversation, I wanted to spend a few minutes with you to talk about two very important things. First, the power of video, and second, a book review about video creation. First, the power of video. I don't know if you knew this or not, but by the end of this year, global consumer internet video traffic will account for 80% of all consumer internet traffic. That's unbelievable. About 55% of people watch videos online every day. And here's something that should really pique your interest. After watching a video, 64% of users are more likely to buy a product online. Now, why am I mentioning all of this to you? Well, I'm trying to build the case that video creation is important for everyone, not just marketers. I mean, if you're an entrepreneur and you want people to buy your product or your services, clearly video is the way to go. If you're not creating videos, you're missing out on a huge opportunity. 
but that's also the case for individuals who are seeking to be employed by a company. Think about it. If you want people to invest in you, you need to seriously think about creating videos, probably on LinkedIn. Now, here's a final statistic that I think will really bring this home. So LinkedIn has about a half a billion users, right? 500 million users. And of those 500 million users, there are about 250 million monthly active users. Now, here's the catch. Only 3 million share content on a weekly basis. That's unbelievable. That means 3 million users are getting 9 billion impressions each week. If you're on LinkedIn and you're creating video, chances are many, many people are taking notice. And if that's the case, your odds of getting business, getting products sold, or being employed are huge. But if you're not creating video, you are missing out on a huge opportunity that probably won't always be here. I mean, think about it. LinkedIn is just now growing, but one day it may be as jam-packed as a YouTube. Think about trying to get started on YouTube today. There's a lot of competition, but there was one time where there weren't a lot of people on YouTube and those who really took advantage did well. Well, that's the case right now for LinkedIn. This is the golden era. Based on those statistics that I just shared with you and based on the fact that of 250 million active users monthly, only 1% of those are posting content should really indicate to you that now is the time to create videos. Now, you're probably saying to yourself, that sounds good, but where do I start? Uh, is there training? What do I need to do? Well, yes, there is. Um, I want to recommend a book that I read some time ago. It's called Vlog Like a Boss. And it's a book written by Amy Schmittauer. I don't know if you know who she is, um, but she is the creator of the YouTube channel Savvy Sexy Social. Her YouTube channel was selected as the winner of the Next Up Creator Program, and Business Insider named her as one of 2016's up-and-coming YouTube stars. And she's also received high marks at the most influential digital events around the world. People know Amy. So what Amy has done is written a book on how to create videos or vlogging. And it's interesting because back in 2007, uh, 10 years before she wrote this book, Vlog Like, vlog like a Boss, she was asked to be a bridesmaid uh, for a wedding. Uh, she was not into social media really at this point. And she wanted to do something very special for the uh, bride. So she and a friend decided to create a video where they would interview um, friends of the bride, uh, past and present, and they sent her well wishes, accompany the videos with music and pictures. And when she played it during the wedding, uh, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. People were so moved and so touched that um, their emotions just came pouring out, especially the bride, as you can imagine. And Amy wasn't only focused on the bride, but those around her and, and, and thought to herself, you know, if I could get people to be moved by a video, just in this instance, think of what I could do with creating a video on a bigger platform. And hence started her career as a vlogger. 
So in this book, Vlog Like a Boss, Amy provides some great practical tips on how you can create videos to influence others. And in her introduction, she provides some pretty interesting uh, facts about her. And this proved to be true in each page of this. So I just want to quote it. She says, there's something you should know before you read this book. I'm not just another motivational hype woman for the Internet. I don't sit around and think about the possibilities of what could happen with social video and then blog about it as if I had the real experience. I am doing this stuff. I am in the trenches finding out what works, when, and for who. Practical, in quotes, is my name and execution is my game. I don't know any other way. Vlog like a boss is for go-getters and creators. It's for those who go after what they want in life and want to kill it online. And believe me when I tell you the subsequent chapters really uh, live up to her introduction. So there's just two chapters that I want to touch on that I think might be very helpful if you're considering creating video and you need a resource to go to to help you do that. Now she's got a chapter called The Three Fears, uh, Fear of Gear, Fear of Personality, and Fear of ROI. Uh, The gear, of course, is what kind of video equipment should I use? If you have a smartphone, you're doing great. Uh, ROI, of course, is what's going to be the return on investment for me, short and long term. But I want to focus on personality because I think there's a lot of people out there who think I don't have the kind of personality that will engender a large audience. But it's really not a question about your personality, but what you're bringing to the audience. Let me read to you a quote from the book in this chapter. She says, it's not a question of whether your personality is good enough. It's whether you are ready to share it with the world. Your personality is 5% of this gig. And I promise you, it's good enough to attack the enormous task of obtaining the talent you need to achieve your vlogging goals. Don't let it hold you back anymore because you have other important work to do. And let me tell you something, that important work has to do with bringing value to your audience. She talks about how if you meet a YouTube star in person, they're a lot different than what you see on camera. They're just average people like anybody else. And so you shouldn't let that fear of personality get in the way of you creating a video. And I thought that was fantastic advice. In her section, Savvy Strategy, she talks about the importance of creating a very clear and simple strategy for you to follow so that you don't meander or go off course when creating content, but you have a North Star. And so she poses three questions that you need to establish before you create a video so you know exactly what to do. The first is, who are you vlogging for? What do you vlog about? And why are you creating a vlog at all? If you can answer those questions clearly and simply, then you won't have an issue in creating content for your audience. You'll always have guidance or North Star to go by. And it's going to give you focus. And according to Amy, she says focus is everything and you're going to need a lot of it. This is a fantastic book. Um, I really, really enjoyed reading it. Um, The chapters are very clever. Um, When you read it, it's uh, like an alliteration, uh, like a savvy strategy, top-notch talent, polished programming. Uh, She's very clever with her chapters, but more than just a clever list of alliterations, these are practical tips for individuals to begin video content creation that will bring value 
and bring an audience to you. So is now the time to create video? It is high time for you to create video. If you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, if you're an individual who's looking for a job, if you're an individual who has a job, it's important for you to begin creating video online now to showcase your talent, to build your community, and share the value that you have to your audience. So please take that advice. I think you will benefit. That's our show for this week. Please like and or comment and certainly subscribe to this podcast. We really appreciate your support. Take care.